Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Grapsity, and I am Will Washington. What is Grapsity? You're about to find out. But first, before we get there, I've got two others to introduce. Ladies and gentlemen, you know him as Mr. Phil Lindsay. What's going on, y'all? Where is that coming from? Uh, I'm suddenly hearing the audio. This is if it's open somewhere. There it is. Uh, I had the show open. <laughs> I have my Twitter open, and I'm like, what the hell? He's Why am I still listening to it? the show while he's doing the show? Yep, I was trying to hear. But then we also got Mr. Righteous Reg. Yes, right there. R, what's up? What's up, y'all? What's good? What's good? It's Grapsity, baby. We about to set it off, y'all. Y'all ready? Yes, well, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Those of you who know me and uh, have have been with me on my podcast journey. I'm Will Washington. I've been podcasting a really, really, really long time, uh, almost half my life. I'm 33? Yeah, because I'll be 34 this year. Uh, 33, and I, I've been podcasting for 16 years. Um, just ended a really long run on RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk, uh, and wrestling is pretty much, uh, I, I would say, my my second love, my my first is basketball and the Denver Nuggets. Um, but <laughs> my uh, my first is or my second is pro wrestling. I suppose also my my kids. My my son is running out of here. <laughs> like literally, he's trying to like army crawl out out of the shot. <laughs> my son's uh, trying to army crawl out of the shot because he came to hand me a key. Um, and so it, Billy, you might as well come say hi now because you've. He's He's like, what about me? What number do I land on the list? Yeah, I I would say my first love is is right here. This this little guy right here. What's up? Hey, look at that. You made your first appearance on the first episode. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Yeah, there we go. Anyway, unexpected. But, uh, (laughs) however, uh, like I said, I've been podcasting 16 years. I've been doing this a really long time. Um, Just for the last seven weeks, I've been uh, podcasting on Saturday mornings uh, about an hour earlier. Uh, most recently, uh, did an episode with Reg, and uh, just about a month ago, did an episode with Phil. And basically, that kind of led to the the start of what we're doing here, which is Grapsity. Uh, and uh, I, I personally have felt for a long time, I know Phil has, and I know Reg has, that um, 
the conversation that we've really been having privately for a long time has been missing from uh, from the space, from this space, from uh, the really from a lot of spaces when we're talking the the overall uh, wrestling discussion, but uh, also just in the the scope of uh, black wrestling podcast. There's a lot that's been missing and a lot of conversation that we feel has been missing and we want to have it. And uh, I really wanted to have it. And so that's what we're here to do. And that's what we're doing. And uh, I suppose um, we had a graphic queued up for all of this. So that's that's topic number five, because basically what we're going to be doing here, um, wrestling podcasts, uh, as, as I've been doing for a really long time, um, we're not necessarily going to do results. We, we've, we've done that. You've seen that. It's Saturday. By Saturday, you know what's happened on every show. Uh, so what we're going to be doing is talking about the top five big topics of the week. Um, and the first big topic for us is, bam, who are we? And <laughs> uh, that's number five. And I talked a little bit about who I am. But Philip, why don't you tell the people about yourself hey man we're not sure we're not showing you any results from the week we're the results fam oh, <laughs> hey. giving it up, giving it up saying, man All we're here up. um hey i guess you know me from the twitter machines i guess you might know me from bleacher report uh before that um i did some stuff for daily ddt uh bell the bells diva dirt uh all our all around this entire industry thing um uh kind of decent at this feature writing thing i've been told um uh it seems like people like it i'm glad you guys are here i'm glad that there's so much support for this show we're excited and then reg yes you know who it is it's double r righteous reg rapper extraordinaire writer that's what i tell a lot of people yo no i mean it's me Writer for Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Got to rep the gang always. Hey. Uh, PWI 500 is in stores right now. Um, I got here because of I uh, make a list of 500 black wrestlers. The BW 500. The blackest list there is in wrestling. The black wrestling A&R is Righteous Reg. I'll be writing. I'll be rapping. I'll be making lists. You know what it is. That list, uh, to me, is still... Every year, it is the most impressive thing that uh, you continue to come up with because, uh, as I've said before, look, I've been watching wrestling my entire life. I stand black wrestlers, always. And yet, gun to my head, which we'll also be talking about a little bit later. Um, yeah. but <laughs> gun to my head. What? If you said name 200... Years. If you said name 200 black wrestlers right now, I might survive, but if you if you said 201, I'd be done. And so the fact that uh, you managed to come up with a list of 500 every year. And uh, we, we talked on uh, Wrestling With Weekends a couple weekends ago about um, some of the controversy that stirs up every year because uh, people kind of get wrapped up, not so much in the idea that you've given exposure to so many wrestlers yeah, who may not be that. known around the world. People really get wrapped up in the ranking itself. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that always kills me. Um, 
because honestly, I, I think it is a really good thing. I think it is a really good thing that so many guys get that much exposure. And uh, and there's so many names that, again, uh, <laughs> the fact that uh, you continue to um, – that Scorpio makes the list every year, obviously, because he's – uh, I think as long as he keeps going, we'll always be top 10. Yeah, I think uh, that the last two years, it's impossible to not include him just because he wrestled like the last year, he's wrestled like every independent mm-hmm. star there is. Like, yeah. he's just he's wrestling more than like current full time wrestler. He's a full time wrestler, like, he's not a legend, he's not on that. He's like wrestling every weekend, so I have to include two cold Scorpio. He's a man. He's the best. So, yeah. but yeah, no, just like you said, you said I can name that right there is exactly what it is. You said I could probably name 200 people. If there's a gun to my head, shout out to Aaron Anderson. This, <laughs> the list is always about 250 through 500. Those are the people that are just out there on the grind, aren't as known, aren't on all the lists, aren't on everything. They are just the ones that need this exposure. This list is about them because they need it more than Kofi Kingston who's used to be WWE champion. Don't nobody need to know who he is. (laughs) Shout out to Kofi though. You know, that's not what I'm saying, but Kofi, you know, it will be talking. uh, There's, there's a lot to talk about there in a little bit too. We got a lot of topics. I want to give a shout out to the chat. Uh, And by the way, it is Saturday, October 2nd. Um, and uh, I want to make a note of that. This is episode one of Grapsity. This is the first. It's been a long time since I've been able Number to say something. It's episode one, but this is episode one. And if you are watching on YouTube, be sure to uh, hit like, subscribe, uh, turn on those notifications. Um, and also, uh, we are reading the chat. And definitely give us your super chats as well. Um, and one more time, uh, JJ, head of PR for the distraction. Uh, he said, welcome to the Fightful family. Thank you. Um, and... Uh, sorry, you lost the draft. Uh, unfair, man, I believe. Listen, come hey, on. Uh, shout out to JJ uh, though. I like JJ, man. Yeah. Um, but you know, the fi- I knew this fix was in when they gave themselves <laughs> the number one pick and then yeah. immediately picked Bloodline. I was like, I see what we're doing here, man. <laughs> hey, I-, I like Joe and Jeremy though, man. Yeah, and, now, that uh, was really fun. Even though you know the fix was definitely in, it was their show. Of course, they're gonna win. Come on, <laughs> what do you mean? They're gonna let us win on their show? That doesn't make sense. Yeah. i well and that was the thing was uh everybody else who looked at it was like well they got the bloodline so you know um but you know what scam just like wwe it's all about (laughs) roman's there you won roman's there you won you're number one Ah, okay Uh, yeah all right y'all yeah uh and like i said shout out to the chat lots of folks in the chat um and we got lots of messages coming in uh thank you alex uh mr sour graps uh graps that he had the better draft hands yes. down thank you hey. give it up alex appreciate you and thank you uh thank you guys for creating uh space for black wrestling and black wrestlers thank yes you. you're gonna hate black wrestlers by the end of this because i'm gonna give you so many you're gonna be like <laughs> i can't there's too many there's too many yes i'm gonna be giving it up every week Shout out to Darius Lockhart just because I want to. And he killed it on AEW Dark this week against Ricky Starks. That's my homie. Yes. Uh, which, by the way, um, I feel like we manifested that, man. Uh, yeah, so because because oh, uh, So goodness. Reg and I did a podcast uh, just a couple weeks ago. Um, and somebody in the chat had asked, uh, who is somebody um, on the list that you believe uh, needs more exposure or... Uh, uh, what was the question? It was somebody that it was pretty much like someone who could be in the main event. Yeah, somebody saying. who yeah could go right in. There's no right. You know, so that was one of them. And and you years. had said 
you had said Ricky Starks. And then the other question was, who's somebody who you think could become one of those next names that nobody's, or not nobody, but people haven't quite heard of right now, but could be. And you said Darius Lockhart. And then later that day, the the results of the tapings uh, that AEW did Universal Studios came out, and sure enough, Ricky Starks versus Darius Lockhart. That same day. <laughs> that same, same day. day. It was, it's yeah, it was like Reg manifested <laughs> that. That was cool. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's us in a nutshell. Uh, I'm I'm gonna be perfectly honest with you. Um, as somebody who's been podcasting a long time, um, the one thing to let everyone know about me as I venture into something new here is that. Uh, I kind of have no filter. And I don't mean that from the perspective of not knowing how to just stop talking about wrestling. I mean, stop talking, period. I mean, like, uh, I... People have come to know me over the years. Those of you who listen to RBR over the last 16 years um, know so much about my personal life that sometimes when I meet RBR listeners in person and they tell me stories about the day I lost my virginity and I'm like... Oh, that's right. I told that story on a Ooh. podcast. Oh, okay. uh, so um, just so you know, that's me. I don't know how to stop. I don't know how to stop talking. Um, the only way I know how to stop talking is when uh, the, the the show ends. And uh, we got... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, the show's over. All right, I'm and even still, then I, t- <laughs> I pull my wife aside and I'm like, all right, guess what? Uh, so... Brian Danielson faced Nick Jackson this week. <laughs> uh, She's like, yeah, again, I'm just trying to eat some cereal, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> shout out to Chris Mueller in the chat. Uh, on, yep. What's going on, Chris uh, and Ryan? Uh, it's a, it, it's it, manifested. Yeah. Don't worry. It's, it's coming, yeah, big bro. It's, it's coming. coming. <laughs> He's on his way. You saw uh, that match. You saw the reception. Like, Yeah. And I'm pretty sure, without spoiling, I'm pretty sure he works Elevation this week. Uh, so, you know, um, Andrew, uh, thank you. Always appreciate it. Big dub. What's up? We got the dub. I mean, you hearing it. You seen it. <laughs> and, you saw we did. And Rob in the chat, Will, where is your dreads? Oh, um, great question. We're going to start hey, with man. that. That's actually I, our I, first topic. Will <laughs> getting dreads. <laughs> hey, the, the first time we sat down and talked about the pod and we got on Skype, I was like, like I feel like it's only a matter of time until his gang gang is out here, <laughs> and he's gonna have like the Killmonger dreads like off to his side, like yeah. looking real saucy. I mean, look, I I spent we had this conversation, but I seriously spent the last well, I so I had I had braids in high school, um, and then one as we day, all did, black yeah, and we all to. did, yeah. yeah we, so and then one day, uh, I I used to just rely on high school girls to braid my hair and uh wow. like like anybody did right like that was the thing anybody, was... i mean my mom did it I, what does that make me a, a dork but I, <laughs> I mean i wasn't having like random babes off the street like yo no nah, i mean honestly nah, like honestly it was like a way to start up conversation of like hey i heard you braid hair oh uh, and then can... all of a sudden i get to sit between <laughs> a couple well, of legs next to me and look at me i was 14 like at the time this was like uh was like oh my god i'm touching a leg and uh <laughs> but um but then one day, somehow, everybody flaked on me. I was like, I had maybe three people lined up to braid my hair, and not a single person could. And so I was like, I'm going to just cut it. And I cut it when I was 15, and I sported waves for pretty much the rest of my time till literally right before the start of the pandemic. I was like, 
you know what? I'm tired of wearing a do-rag all the time. And so uh, I'm going to just grow this out and see what it does. And so I did. And uh, here we are. Here we are. So so here we are. And uh, we'll see. I mean, pretty much I, I haven't sported the, the high top since 92 wow. uh, when I was like five years old. Uh, but here we are. Uh, so we do have a list of topics. And the first topic was, of course, who are we? Um, and beyond anything, we are three black men who love professional wrestling. And we love, talking about, we love talking about professional wrestling. And one of the topics that we especially, um, I won't say love to talk about, but definitely have to talk about um, is representation in wrestling. Um, and that goes toward uh, wrestling companies and wrestling media and wrestling in just as a whole. It's been a topic that has pretty much been on everybody's mind. It has been a, a huge topic of discussion. Um, and I think we all probably have some hot takes on that. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I think you see a lot of mine and Phil's online. So yeah, yeah you know, honestly, so I've been trying this thing the last year and a half, uh, and I, cause I get it a lot. I get it from people who, um, are like, wow, Will, you're just always so positive. And honestly, what it's become is, uh, the last about year and a half, I made this commitment to just stop, like, stop having any negativity on my Twitter and see what happens. And so I, I, uh, like anytime I, I even like will start to type out, I've got so many drafts of just like, man, that shit sucked. And then, uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, nope, keep it in the drafts. Keep keep this going and see what happens. Every and single so, one of those drafts is like Monday night, 7 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> WWE. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm really, I'm like really trying to, to keep negativity off of my feet. Because I, I did for a long time. Like, for the longest time, I was just constantly about, like, the stuff I hated. And I realized, let me try to focus on what I love and see what happens. And that's where I've been the last two years. Um, it really did. I was like, let's do this for a week and see what happens. And then the week turned into a month. And it turned into a year. And now I'm just like, now it's almost habit for me to not put my, my negative opinions out there but at the same time that doesn't mean i don't have um and uh but talking about representation in pro wrestling uh it's been a big topic of discussion for a number of reasons uh the big one of course being that for the first time in a long time there's a lot of melanin um across the 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 pro wrestling landscape when you look at uh monday night raw there is a um there is the WWE champion, uh, and uh, <laughs> Reg, you are distracted the hell out of me because your screen went black. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, I mean, so of course, we've had the WWE champion the majority of the year has been black. Uh, but then we're looking at the, the main event scene on SmackDown, um, with the uh, women's champion, uh, specifically, and uh, and then, of course, there's the topic of the representation 
of black men in AEW or lack thereof. Uh, and that has just been a topic kind of across the board. I know. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of takes to have on this. Um, so I want to start with you, Phil. Because I feel oh, like <laughs> because I feel like you get in the most trouble about uh when it comes Definitely. to this. I think so. <laughs> when it comes oh, to this I, topic. I already have a reputation? What what goes Definitely. on? Definitely. One thousand percent. No, you know, hey, a clip went out a few weeks ago and I saw some people try to do the, you know, uh I almost said something to describe it. I'll take that word and just Bring that back in. Yeah. You know what? We yeah. You know what? We're we're gonna yeah. we're gonna put that word in in a, a bag and seal that up and uh, <laughs> that well, just throw it away. Just throw it away. Throw it away. Yeah. Uh, you know, some people tried to you know do some uh some 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 funky you know stuff with um this clip and you know the start of this clip because nobody asked me to elaborate. I thought that was very interesting. Nobody asked your boy to elaborate. Not one um, person. Um, it started this clip with me saying, you know, I, this might be an unpopular opinion, but, you know, representation is important. Keep that part. Keep that part. Representation is important, but sometimes it's not the end all be all. And some people took that one part of it and they came for your boy. That was it. They were um, after you. Um, now, what do I mean by that? Representation is important. We should, it is important to see more black faces on television it is more it's important to get more inclusion right Definitely. but if you come away from a show where i feel like there's a moment where there's like a shift in the landscape of wrestling and i feel like everything is changing in a big way and your only takeaway is that not just that you know my takeaway was that oh there should be more representation on the show that is a good takeaway but if that's your only takeaway then I kind of feel like you missed the moment because I feel like there's so many great moments in wrestling where I might not have been represented, but I can, I can enjoy it for what it was in that moment. And that's all I meant by that. So, you know, for people that tried to run with that, I thought that was a little goofy, but you know, people do goofy stuff on Twitter. That's just what it is. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I do think we're in a, you know, we're in a great space right now for black wrestlers. There are more, black wrestlers that are visible right now there are more black wrestlers that have distinct characters there's none of the oh he's athletic or mm-hmm. oh you know look at this guy he's he's great but he's not a good talker there's so many guys that are good talkers and you can't throw that on them mm-hmm. I, like i see people try to throw it on ricochet oh you know he can do the flippity flips but he can't he can't speak well mm-hmm. like nah, but there are other guys that you can't do that too like you know my man leo rush is like that like there's several guys now that are you know, great technical wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're a big uh, powerhouse guy like Hobbs is, or you know, we've got guys doing like the spooky stuff, like you know, Mojo out on the Indies. It's, mm-hmm. it's just a, a plethora of great black wrestlers out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say that um, I I am excited. I, I I have never been happier as a black fan of pro wrestling getting to see black pro wrestlers do their thing. Um, I will preface with that. But I will say that when I see the take, and I see it a lot, I've seen it in the last hour, when I see the take (laughs) that um, as of right now, black wrestlers are being pushed, 
Therefore, WWE is the place to be if you are a black wrestler. Oh, that don't to get me, me started. I know that to me actually sounds me like we have a podcast. When I yeah, oh, when I hear it, that sounds like you remember when like Barack Obama was elected and people were like, "Oh, racism's over. Barack yeah. Obama's president." That <laughs> that's, is what that's that, that's that that's what that sounds like to me. Right. Um. And and I'm just so and, and I mean that when I uh like and I'm just taking things at face value like. Um, I'll completely ignore the fact that the uh, the WWE Championship of the last, I believe it was, I think there's been 48 pay-per-views since they ended the split pay-per-views. And I believe the WWE Championship has uh, gone on last five times in 48 pay-per-views, and wow. none of them were during Kofi Kingston's reign. But we'll ignore all of that um, for the sake of um, the point. Because my issue with that point is simply the math doesn't add up to me. It like I could see it adding up if you've been watching wrestling for three, four years, sure. But like when you've been watching thirty-three years, um, certain things don't add up. For example, we take um, and then uh, D'Lo Riggs. By the way, thank you for the BW five hundred. Always shout out Delorean Diggs. He's a great wrestler. Look him up too. He can uh, he can go. Uh, uh, but so the WWE champion is Big E, one of my all time favorites. Literally, I think the New Day is the greatest act in the history of pro wrestling. I adore the New Day and I adore Big E. Question for everybody in the room When did Big E debut on the main roster? Two thousand and eleven? Twelve. 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 He debuted December of twenty twelve. So we're talking nine years right. uh, that he's been on the main roster. So nine years it took for him to get to the WWE championship. Before that, we had Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley debuted in I wanna say April of oh five. Yeah, that's pretty I was gonna say oh five. I don't know the exact month. Now, granted, he wasn't in the company the entirety of that time. However, right. that's not to say he was in Impact that entire time. He was I mean, off and on in Impact. He, he could have been re-signed at any point. So I am him, going so. to to take that entire time period and say that from 2005 till uh, 2016. Because also, they could have pushed him anywhere in those three years. And instead, they had to mess around with Lana and beating up um, Max Caster uh, dressed as uh, his sister. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... We are going to go with 16 years, Bobby Lashley, from 2005 till 2021. 16 years. Last black champion before that was Kofi Kingston, which uh, he won the title in 2019. Kofi Kingston debuted in 2008 uh, on ECW, and then he was moved to Raw later that year. So 2008 is accurate. So we can honestly say uh, 11 years, especially when uh, the time to push Kofi Kingston would have been um, to me, like end of 09, like that Madison Square Garden moment with Randy Orton, that was the moment to me. But anyway, he did eventually get his push. Happened in 2019, Kofi Mania, one of the greatest mo- moments in, honestly, WrestleMania history. Never going to take away from that moment, but it did take 11 years. Last black champion before that, ooh, we got to rewind, uh, because uh, we would rewind to The Rock. 
which luckily The Rock came around at a time where things moved much faster. The Rock debuted in 1996 and he was championed by 1998. So we're talking two years, 16 years, uh, 11 years, and nine years. If you average that out, that comes out to about nine and a half years. So on average, it takes a black wrestler from the time they debut on the main roster to winning a world championship nine and a half years. Again, if you've been watching just the last three years, then that's great. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. But to act like it is as simple as you go to WWE, you're black, you're you're made. It is not that simple. It's just not. And uh, I I am very proud of watching where Big E is now and watching where Bobby Lashley is now. Um, and because I was a big fan of Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley used to get his, uh, I was going to say haircut, but I guess the, rat bright, the, the better answer is hair shaved or uh, head shaved um, at my barbershop. Like, he right. lives not that far from here. Right. Um, and I would see Bobby Lashley all the time. That was uh, one of my... Uh, my favorite things to say, like you can just bump into him at a random Seven Eleven here, um, <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it, it it happens all the time. Right. Um, that said, I it, it's Look, still let's like get to it before yes. the Rock. It was sixty three years before there was <laughs> yes. sixty three years went. Yes. By. No. No. A I whole am a grandpa's lifetime amount of time went by <laughs> before they crowned a black champion. 63 years. Bro. 63. A whole grandpa's lifetime worth of time went by yes. before they were like, here, black man, here's your championship. Now they're giving it up. But if you've been watching wrestling for, like Will said, 33 years like I have, it's been a long time. So this new stuff isn't like, I'm just like, oh, cool. But like, let's go with it, man. It's been exactly. 30 years, bro. It's been 30 exactly. years. And so, so I, yeah. oh, go ahead. Not to not to belabor, you know, going back to when people tried to come for me for this clip and, you know, one of the things that, shout out to Jenna, by the way, asked me is, why do we have to be patient? And my thing is, we don't get things instant in wrestling ever. That's not just a, that's not just a black people thing. Mm-hmm. I, we don't get things instant. Like, you got to build, you got to build heat behind somebody. You got to build the support behind somebody to right. get to that place. And so my whole point was, you know, let's do the let's do the work. Let's support the wrestlers. Let's get them to the point where they're undeniable. And mm-hmm. so many people took that to go, oh, well, we don't have to wait. Why do we have to give them time to get it right? I'm not saying give them time to get it right. I'm saying let them cook and let's let's get the wrestler to the point where they should be first. Right. And to to I feel like some people with the big E stuff are like, okay, well, they gave us this stuff now and the will's point. No, they didn't. It took them nine years to right. do this. And to act like this was instant, I feel like it takes away from the the New Day story and why Kofi's win exactly. was so emotional. Absolutely, right. that, that win doesn't have the same weight mm-hmm. if it didn't have everything that came before it. And so right. to try to erase that, I feel like does it a disservice. Right. And it's funny when people say that because if you just listen to the the promo that Big E gave after he won the championship, he's like, they wouldn't give me this. They wouldn't give me that. They didn't want us to be on TV. They didn't want us to be a group. They wanted us to do all this opposite stuff of what we did to eventually succeed. They were, they had their backs against the wall. This wasn't like, okay, Big E, here you go. No, they, none of them, they lucked in, you know, they worked hard every, you know, for 10 years to get to where they are. And honestly, um, I mean, because it's amazing to think about how uh, 
you know, the there there's a bit of a change in the narrative, right? That the New Day uh basically stuck to their guns and right. got what yeah. they uh that that's the, the story they tell is that the mm-hmm. New Day just stuck with it and uh eventually got everything that was coming to it. But that didn't happen that way. No, like no, if you watch the original New Day promos, you watch the original New Day everything. Have you ever actually listened or read the lyrics to the New Day's theme song uh that Jim Johnston wrote? Uh, yes. because that, those lyrics, and, and for those who haven't, I have to pull this up right now. Um, <laughs> hold on. The, the goat, man, you know, he was always kicking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, he was. But those lyrics, um, actually represent what the New Day was originally supposed to be before, mm-hmm. um, they kind of let them, um, uh, before they, they, they let it all change. So, the 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 opening lyrics of the new day's theme song are stop looking for who you gotta blame let it go it's not worth the pain give the world a fresh coat of paint looking in the mirror is who you gotta change straight out the gate with the respect respectability politics straight out the gate (laughs) came out firing with it bro the whole thing was originally supposed to be a you know why don't you guys just, you know, it, 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 it honestly, to me, it felt like a bootstraps gimmick when it first came about. Yeah. That's what it came about. That's what it looked like to me. And luckily, it felt like once, um, once all the New Day Suck stuff started happening, the crowd turned on it and hated it. And you could start to see that they let those guys be themselves. Do I see my son crawling in the background? I feel I like that I was a dog. I have been trying to not laugh at him for the last <laughs> five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, so the... <laughs> I can't even do anything about that. So um, once they figured out what they were, uh, what they were going to let them be, and they let them be so much of themselves. And they let them start dropping references that you know no writer in that room got. Right. Uh, when they started referencing things from Black Twitter, when they started referencing stuff from World Star, when they started referencing... I mean, the fact that Big E got a BET Uncut reference on television right. um, and literally referenced the Tip Drill video. Right. Um, I, I just... That's when you could see that it very much became just this. And uh, I don't know. That's That to me, it, it, there's such a change in the narrative of what the New Day was, uh, what what actually happened with the New Day. Um, but like I said, they, they overcame a lot to get where they were going. And so, so much. much, so much stuff aligned in their favor. And it's a good thing. It is great right. for their story. It is, like you said, um, if you ignore all of that, then Biggie's win men- means less. Kofi's win means less. Right. If you ignore that, it did take eleven years for him to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know. I like I said, I'm a big fan of everything that's going on, but I I, I need people to look at it from the perspective that uh, it didn't just happen overnight. It has not been overnight success. Right. Um, it's like how they how the Emmy's so black, and they like one year they just like. Here's 10 Emmys for black people all of a sudden, even though they hadn't gave it up for like 80 years or something. <laughs> like, it's dope, but like, yo, let's like yeah. 
reel it back. We need yeah, more. We, we we still need to put it in context. And say that how, like, as soon as AEW does something, they start saying, like, well, what about this? Or what about this? It, it also works like that for WWE still. I'm sorry. It's not like they're not going to be out the gate just like the best diversity company. No, no, no. We're not. No, so so here's the thing. So Elephant in the Room, we do got to address AEW because there is, uh, the, it's pretty much the, the go-to topic. Um, yep. to the every point time where, they have a show, every single show, every single yes. anything, somebody's there's, there's about a lot AEW, of counting there. There, there's a lot of it and um, there's a lot of talk about uh, so the weird thing is in and, and Philip you really love this point um, which is that uh, uh, because it's a good point um, that I wasn't saying that negatively um, that the uh, um, every time people talk about diversity when it comes to aew uh, they you kind of have to jump through hoops to ignore pretty much everything else to ignore that hey the lucha bros are tag champs to ignore that um uh because people don't necessarily mean diversity when they're diversity they mean black male diversity that's what they mean what they mean when they say that not not black black women men that's not asian women not not latinos not latinas black Black men. men that's what they mean not nyla rose not red velvet not big swole not no they meant blackmail, and that's it. And Terrence Robinson, uh, you mean to tell me that Ernie Lett was the best on the mic and in the <laughs> ring during his time? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's and this McMahon says that his favorite wrestler of all time is Ernie Ladd, mm-hmm. but like he, you don't show it. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so uh, you know the interesting thing is. Again, I I don't mean to get on the the be patient train because that's not necessarily what I'm going to say here. But I am going to say that when I look at the foundation for the future, um, when you look at what AEW did last year, which was, I don't know if people recall, but there was a long string where from about last September through last uh i want to say march almost every all elite graphic was somebody black whether Mm -hmm. it was uh started with will hobbs followed by jade cargill red velvet the acclaimed top flight uh and i'm just trying to do this off the top of my head there was sean dean but pretty much it was like bam 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 lee johnson was another one um and it was like when you look at the foundation that they had started to lay, I really do think that the the conversation will shift. Um, I am so like, because I'm not willing to just look at it as, uh, here's how I put it. I still want wrestling to work the way that I love pro wrestling, which is that I love when wins and losses matter. I love when buildup happens. I love when I get, uh, a culmination story and I hate hotshot booking. So like with all of that said, I'm not necessarily in a place where I want to see all of that change for the sake of representation. I'm not saying that I want any of that to change. I want to see uh, somebody get a, a, a proper build. I want to see somebody get um, to have, like I said, their wins and losses matter. I want to see somebody um, have a story that's told and told in a proper amount of time. Uh, and so 
I don't know. Obviously, because that's the type of wrestling show I like, I still mm-hmm. prefer AEW as a show um, that I watch. I do recognize the argument that um, that there isn't enough uh, black male representation on Dynamite. Um, yes. And it's 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 okay to have both opinions. It is okay to feel one way and still feel like, but this is the best wrestling show. This is you know, the best show. Yeah. You know what? Um, I don't, I kind of feel a, a little bit different about that situation there. Okay. Um, I think wrestling, so much wrestling is just dependent on what has been, what's used to work, what got, used got things hot, what was hot in 98, what was hot in 88, blah, blah, blah. I think wrestling should take a different approach. I think if someone's hot in a different territory, like if, say, for example, on Wednesday, Bobby Fish comes in and he beats um, Sammy Guevara. Guevara. Um, I think we depend so long on these, like, wrestling has to have these long title reigns. It has to be like, this guy has to defend it. I like to think of it as UFC. If somebody hot comes from a different promotion, he's won 20 fights in in, uh, Bellator or something. He's won 20 fights in Bellator. They hot shot him to the UFC championship in his first fight, and then he knocks that guy out. That's hot. Pro wrestling doesn't have that. I, I will say that part of what I've liked about AEW as a whole is um, that they've taken uh, such a different approach when it comes to titles, though. Right. That uh, they never necessarily use the title to make somebody as much as they use guys to make the title. Right. And uh, that, that, to me, is such a... a it's refreshing in a sense, right? Because mm-hmm. um, it almost it almost caught me off guard the first time I realized it was happening when like Britt Baker first turned heel, right? And the uh, the conversation was like, "Ooh, she's got a fresh character right now." And like, had I been thinking in WWE terms, I would have said, "Oh, put the title on her right now because she's hot uh, right. and and she's already getting these crowd reactions." Put the belt on her, but uh, it. I, it took me a while to recognize, no, do the opposite, which is the fact that get her hot now and then and give her, they gave her a year. They gave her a year before it was, now that she's hot, put the belt on her. Now that she mm-hmm. has established her run, now that she's established who she is, now put the belt on her. Um, and the same thing was with Kenny. With Kenny, it was, there was a lot of people right out the gate in it when AEW launched, they were like, hey, AEW should just launch with Kenny as champion. And it was like, or you give Kenny a hot run for a year and then put the belt on him. And then all of a sudden, um, again, you use somebody hot to help make the belt hotter rather than using a hot belt to uh, because you wouldn't have had a hot belt at that point because it, right. it, things had just gotten started. Right. Like that's in hindsight what Chris Jericho was. It was, yeah. um, hey, Jericho had all of this coming behind him because he had this long career. And so you use him to make the title. And. I feel like Britt is much stronger now for having waited a year to get that belt. And I feel like everybody's going to be that way. And in that same sense, right. that's why it doesn't necessarily make sense for AEW. And same with Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara is another person who you probably could have put the TNT title on him a year ago. Right. But uh, you got him in place to put the belt on him. And yeah. it's just a different philosophy. And uh, it's some prefer one, some prefer the other. Uh, yeah, but- I, th- I think kind of back along the lines of what we were discussing a little bit ago. Um, recently, in the last two weeks, AEW has done two signings that I think are super, like to me, are like two guys that 
are good, the future of the company. One is, of course, I discussed Darius Lockhart earlier was offered a contract after one AEW match with Daniel Garcia. And just the other day, Leo Rush is all elite. And I think Leo Rush has all the tools. Leo Rush could, just exactly what I'm discussing right now, if they put Leo Rush in a match with Kenny Omega and he won the championship like next week, it would be hot. Yeah. But I think we get we can't like we just can't couldn't get behind like hot shotting. I I understand, but sometimes it's needed, man. The world championship, like I think actually the world the AEW championship would be hotter if Kenny Omega wasn't if there wasn't only two champions. I think if there was like four champions by now, it'd be a hotter belt because it'd be like, well, we think that championship is gonna be lost. Like, I think the thing with every Roman's Reigns match up to now, up to Brock Lesnar, is like, you know this guy's not going to lose. Nobody can beat him. So it's like the belt loses a little bit of prestige, honestly, to me, if you don't think it's ever going to, you know, if you, if you don't think the champion's ever going to lose it. It's just if like, the champ, yeah, if the champion's the, not in peril, I, match, I could definitely see that. I, the match it doesn't seem as hot if you think that, you know what I mean? Because um, yeah. that is one thing that, um, that, like the match yeah, on I'm Sunday not... with Finn and Roman, like people were like, oh, yeah. Roman's going to win because he has Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And I, I feel like Roman's reign uh, as a whole, and we'll talk about that. Roman's reign. Uh, look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Roman's. like it hasn't necessarily had. Um, I can't think of a time where I truly thought his championship reign was in peril. Exactly. Uh, where, uh, like maybe Edge, but other than that, there was never really a point where I thought he might lose it. Um, but we got other topics to get to. Yes. Uh, because speaking of which, uh, we want to talk about the highlights of Monday Night Raw. Um, and specifically, not going to go result by result, but we are going to talk about the highlights. Uh, because the highlights of Monday Night Raw were that WWE is currently in the... Uh, the position of uh, really having to do big matches uh, to to really get people to tune in, and right now right. Um, they're doing uh, there, there's a little bit of the the, the trickery going on here, where <laughs> <Trickery>. they <laughs> well because they did it before, right? Where uh, they did it with Lashley against Miz, where oh, uh, right. they incorporated the the whole um, oh well. You think you're going to see the match here, but actually you might see it here. But really, mm-hmm. you're going to see it here. And it's mm-hmm. to string you along throughout the show to make sure you don't tune out. Um, That's and... Russo-style booking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, it's so what they did uh, the first time around was they had, um, of course, the show started with uh, Big E going one-on-one with Bobby Lashley uh, with the WWE Championship on the line. Uh, and in this match, we actually saw the reuniting of the Hurt Business. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? No one didn't. No, I didn't expect <laughs> it. I was like, whoa, no. whoa, whoa, what's going on? What's going yeah, on here? This, this was a legitimate surprise. Was very happy to see my man Cedric and Big Sheldon on the on the screen. Love uh, it. I've said for a long time, Big Sheldon is probably one of the most underrated wrestlers in that company. Should have gotten his reign. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Should have gotten his reign as world champion, mm-hmm. but I won't get into that. Um, but I was glad to see them back together. Um, they should have never broke them up to begin with. I never understood why they broke them up. Still and don't understand. I interviewed Bobby Lashley and was like, what? uh, what's going on here, man? Why did they break him up? So, But he yeah. said that. It's funny. Funny enough, he said, he said, eventually we'll probably come back together. And look at here. <laughs> Foresight. I mean, and I, I wonder... I wonder, did they know when uh, Cedric put out the tweet 
when Bobby lost the championship, when he said, mm-hmm. uh, maybe if you had a little bit of help, mm. uh, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> right. And, or it might have been just a coincidence. Maybe that was foreshadowing as well. I don't know. Either way, I'm glad our boys are back. Can't That's wait to it. see them back in the suits. But yeah, yeah I, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And I, I do hope this is long term and this wasn't just a because uh, I have this worry in my gut that suddenly like Bobby will get just like drafted to SmackDown. Or it's something. the draft. Yeah, yeah that it's, draft. it's like, hey, we did this long enough just to do the New Day match. And uh, and even still, like we're about to, to lose them as a group, too. Uh, so it will, <laughs> that that's that's on the list. Uh, but so I, I was happy to see it. I really do hope it's not just a temporary thing and that it is uh, that there there's more to this. Um, because yeah, it was very much a surprise, especially with, I, I have a hunch this wasn't cause you mentioned, uh, that it was possible that we, um, that they knew when Cedric made that tweet. I don't know. There's a little piece of me that's like, was this just a response to losing MVP? Uh, because MVP is um, out for right now. And that's uh, right. And I didn't so, even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. MVP <laughs> so, is out. MVP is out, so you needed somebody, um, and somebody uh, to get the heat. <laughs> the Mac in the chat, uh, the hurt business back just in <laughs> time to pull the hoodie back out for fall. Yes, uh, yep. that that is one of my favorite shirts I, I've bought in the last year. It's a it's a good shirt. I bought the the black and gold one, um, but no, it was it was cool to see. Uh, of course, I hate DQ finishes, uh, but. <laughs> um, <laughs> But then Adam Pierce makes his way out and he points out, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this match is not going to end this way because there just happens to be a steel cage above the ring right now. And what was I going to do with that otherwise? Who knows? But we got a steel cage match later tonight in the main event. And uh, we did. We got uh, Bobby Lashley versus Big E inside the steel cage for the WWE Championship. You know what? I need to give it up to WWE real quick because, you know, earlier we were talking about time and stuff. But two years ago, two black men in the main event for the WWE Championship sounds wild. Yes. (laughs) So give it up. That's beautiful. I love it. Every time I see the graphic, I'm like, "Ah, (laughs) that's nice. So Yeah, and it was very cool. And, And honestly, also, not just that, two matched black men um yes, and exactly. because you know we saw bobby lashley uh, yeah bobby lashley versus kofi kingston mm-hmm. but the match was basically portrayed as kofi kingston cannot hang right. with uh with bobby lashley which and is it was, unfortunate and it was a squash yeah. um but to see it was bobby lashley matched up with biggie and uh I, i've been skeptical of biggie's run because mm-hmm. uh i those of you who don't know me uh, i'll put this out there right now I hate the money in the bank. I despise <laughs> the money in the bank. I think wow. there should have only been there's money in the bank should have been one person edge. Uh, because since then there's, there's no scenario. I, I am going to correct you, sir, that money in the bank absolutely should have been Shelton at one point. He was the best <laughs> yeah. part of that so, match for a long time. The first this one, he killed it. it. Yeah, this is what I mean by that. So, Edge, of course, became Mr. Money in the Bank. That was actually not just the name that he used as uh, 
um, wow, Money in the Bank winner. Like, that was his character. He was Mr. Money in the Bank. And yeah. the story was that Edge could screw anybody out of their title at any point. And that helped the ultimate opportunist. That was the nickname, right? So, like, Edge made sense. And then I'll even say RVD made sense because he didn't do the chicken shit cash in. Matt, uh, RVD was like, I, you, John Cena, you're going to face me in my, uh, in my territory but we're going to have a match, right? And then Edge had it back again. So even still, it still made sense. Edge did the ultimate opportunist thing. I'll even say CM Punk was a good choice only because he cashed in on Edge. So it was Edge getting his comeuppance. Right. And then... uh, Rollins. You got to give it to Rollins And and then even Rollins. I think what helped Rollins was also, I can even say Moxley a year later because of the fact that Moxley cashed in on Rollins. So it was, again, Rollins getting his comeuppance. But for the most yeah. part, I hate the idea. Yeah, the percentage of, is pretty low. Of like, Yeah, I would good. say I hate yeah. the idea of, one, babyfaces winning that way. Yeah. Uh, you can't make a babyface look good in a Money in the Bank cash-in. You just can't. Um, it's because it, there's always an asterisk next to the win. It right. is uh, because, to me, there's nothing better than a babyface who valiantly won a title after a match um there's still no better poetic ending in professional wrestling than babyface challenges heel has a hard-fought match and wins right and i feel like the money in the bank takes that away from the uh from a babyface doing it and really like and even with heels I don't know. Just the dastardly heel who steals the belt has just been done so many times that, like, honestly, if you retired the Money in the Bank for like ten years, um, I think that you could bring it back a long time from now, and people would get excited about it again and be like, "Oh my god, Money in the Bank! We've missed it." But like, every well, you can say year. that about like every gimmick match that WWE does. Yes. Hell in the uh, sale. I, I just, I, I, but either way. So on the topic of Biggie, I wasn't a huge fan of the idea because it's also a shortcut that's the other thing i hate about it is that um again i i like building guys up yeah i like like a build that's not yeah i I, I like building guys up i like feeling like i went on a journey with somebody Mm -hmm. and uh and that the title felt earned and money in the bank to me is like huh we don't have to do any of that uh because then uh the problem is if you don't do any of that you run the risk of what happened with nikki ash which is that uh, you did it, you got the moment out of the way, and maybe she's slightly better off for it, but not a whole lot. She's been tag right. champion before. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. she's got the most uh, women's tag title reigns. Uh, mm-hmm. And Rafael Garcia in the chat uh, says, just like all their other damn stipulations, they've run money in the bank into the ground. Yeah. David Sandow should have been a big win as mm-hmm. well. I mean, that was basically a case of, well, we want to get rid of the World Heavyweight Championship, but we've got this guy who still has a money in the bank for it, so... Uh, let's just yeah. throw that away really quick so we can right. then toss the belt. Um, and, but anyway, so like I said, I was skeptical of Big E's run because I don't like the, uh, I don't like baby face. You don't like how he got back. there. And I don't like how he got yeah. there. And then I didn't like the following week where it felt like, okay, he won with an asterisk, but at least, uh, we're going to do, uh, put him in a position to at least look good the following month. I think and they should have did this the, match last week. Yes. Out the uh, gate. They should have yeah. been the out the gate match right. to make yeah. sure that like there's no question marks regarding his right. title win. He exactly. is the champion and whether or not he cashed in or not, he would have won. That's yeah. essentially the way I would have told that story. Right. Um, but 
I don't get paid by WWE, so mm-hmm. that's not what I'm <laughs> what I'm here for. Uh, but uh, like I said, I liked this match. I liked uh, Biggie getting his victory over um, Bobby Lashley this time in decisive fashion. And yeah. it was a fight, man. It was dirty. They were just yes. like some spots were scary. Like <laughs> they were going at it, man. That's just like a gritty cage match. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing I will say that I, I do agree that it's hard to make a baby face money in a bank when good. But I think they did do a good job with this one because I feel like the story of having the New Day split up and having him on his other brand mm-hmm. and watching Bobby just destroy both his friends from afar and not mm-hmm. be able to do anything. And then when he got the money in the bank briefcase, he finally came and got comeuppance. Right. I like that story. But um, there's certain parts about it that don't make any sense. To do all that and then just split them up again just doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> um, it, I, I don't get that part. Well, and I, so so that's <laughs> the other thing, too, is that I think I would agree with you had they told that story. Had, yeah. <laughs> um, because that's that's like that is great headcanon and that to me is like that's an excellent story and i believe that to be the story right except why didn't biggie cash in i don't know at SummerSlam um when uh goldberg was beating the crap or getting his son beat up and biggie was there obviously in the building because right. both brands yeah. are there um he didn't have a briefcase, man. He had to get it back from Corbin. But he got it back at the beginning of the. He got it back at the beginning of the night. Happy <laughs> so like, Corbin had it, man. He, he beat Corbin at, at the beginning yeah. of the night. So like logically, nah, that could have been to, the night. He had to wipe the Corbin stink off first. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like, um, you know, uh, or even if he had even like said that, right. uh, of like, you know, I'm coming for you, Bobby, because of. You know, this is what you because did to that. my family. Yeah. Right. Um, I, you know, I would have appreciated just a little bit of that. Uh, Chris Jeter in the chat says, Money in the Bank is very watered down these days. It doesn't help that they often book the winner to lose matches because the briefcase uh, oh, protects the them. the worst, Chris. Yeah, definitely. I hate, like, oh, he has the briefcase. He can lose every match until the yeah. until he cashes in. Oh, the worst. Yeah. And you know, the, the weird thing about that is there was a time when that was true and mm-hmm. they didn't do it uh, because, like, there was... Because uh, I remember in 05, I got, like, furious over the fact that um, Edge had beaten Matt Hardy when, like, the the story oh, was yeah. that Matt, Matt Hardy, Hardy was supposed to be out for revenge. Over, and I remember yeah. thinking at the time, I'm like, Edge has the money in the bank. He's good no matter what. He could mm-hmm. afford to lose this, and he right. didn't. And because, uh, like, you have an out for Edge. You don't have that for Matt, so you no. just made him look like he had his girlfriend stolen, and he just lost. And everything. the guy beat him. Up. <laughs> and the guy beat him too. <laughs> like imagine, you didn't imagine have... being down that bad. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to do that. But that was that was the highlights of Monday Night Raw. Um, and it yeah, was a black uh, show. Hey, give it up. Yes, it was. And we have the hurt business. We have the new day. Uh, we don't have him for much longer no. unless some shenanigans take place with uh, trades. Um, I hope they at least keep the the hurt business together. At least, come on, don't break them up. What are you guys doing? We had a slight highlight in Keith Lee being back. Oh, yes, Keith the, that's right. We got the Bearcat name, which yeah. So we got to talk of... about uh, Keith Bearcat Lee. <sighs> okay, so, look, look, listen. All right, I think the thing for me is I just I don't like revamps. I don't like why. Who would look? 
there was two Bearcats before this. Bearcat Senior and Bearcat Junior. Keith Lee ain't a part of this family. Why is he Bearcat? <laughs> then he did a promo after the match that was incredible. I loved it. He was like intensity, everything that they would want from it. But he ain't say nothing about why he was Bearcat. No one has explained why he's Bearcat. Just the nickname. Look, there's no reason to give it up just to give it up. Give me a reason why you're giving it up. Like, oh, this Harriet Tubman was her cousin. So, no, dude. Tell me why. Leave me, lead me into this. Lead me into why he's Bearcat. Just like, oh, he paid tribute to some black person that you guys like. That doesn't work here. Yeah, that so doesn't work here. I need more. So Reg is right on the money, in my opinion. I feel like him doing tribute to Bearcat is great. But let Keith say that. I don't need white wrestling fans on Twitter explaining to me why he's using this name. And you guys have never used alone. the name Bearcat Wright at any point before this. <laughs> and so now all of a sudden you guys know who Bearcat Wright is. And listen, the, the history around Bearcat is... is Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com amazing to start your springtime adventure. It's important. He's the first uh, African-American world champion before Ron Simmons. He wasn't recognized because he wasn't at a major promotion. That history is important. But let Keith say that. I don't need you to white explain that to me. I don't need you to do it. Stop it. Stop it, Twitter. Knock it yes. off. Thank you. <laughs> That's all this was leading to. You guys stop white explaining stuff to us because we get it. I know. I know who Bearcat right is. Come on. <laughs> Jeez, uh, no, as JJ honestly, said, it's Keith like, Bearcat Lee. He's half man, half bear. Half honestly, cat. Keith Lee is incredible. Limitless Keith Lee was the one. What's the difference? Just make him intense. You guys keep changing his music, changing his outfit, changing this, changing that. Just let Keith Lee go in there and moonsault and slam people. At first, see, yeah. this is the reason why I don't like the Bearcat thing. At first, they tried to make him into Mark Henry. They were like, oh, here's a big giant black guy. Put the thing, a singlet with the... No, dude, he's not Mark Henry. He's not Bearcat Wright. He's not anybody that you've seen before. He's Keith Lee. He's the first Keith Lee. We don't need a second or third somebody. He got to where he was at because of what he can do. He can do moonsaults. He can do topes. He can slam two guys at the same time off a of suplex and power bombs. All kind of crazy stuff. Remember what he did in NXT. They don't talk about any of that. They just, it's, it's eliminated. He could do so much, but they just don't let him. They're just like, hey, let's give him a new nickname. No, yeah. let Keith Lee be limitless because that is what brought him here. Yeah, and I, I will say, I do like the new gear. I did like the the, the claws on the side. I, I think the gear looks dope. I did like his promo afterwards. And, the promo you know, was dope. I loved it. Yeah, and, you know, to the last comment, I'm not saying that it's it's not, you know, 
it's not a part of history and that it shouldn't be explained where the name come came from. I'm saying the idea that people are saying, oh, this is his guy, his idea, guys. Chill out. This is who Bearcat Wright is. Yeah. You don't know that it's his idea because he hasn't told you that. You're assuming. Mm-hmm. Let him explain that first. Let him cook is what I'm saying. Right. <laughs> That's how it's been like with the Nikki Ash thing. They're like, well, it was her idea and blah, blah, blah. Does that, I mean, come on, you guys. Like, we need to stop making assumptions. We need to stop just assuming that we know everything about everybody. And all this, I'm like, yo, forget it. Yeah. How about the draft? The draft. The draft was the draft. Let's say um, that. Well, so okay. <laughs> now there were uh, some highlights for sure. There, there were some highlights. highlights. I, I'm, I'm just gonna, uh, I'm gonna keep it 100, man. I hated this episode of SmackDown. Um, and, uh, and. I think it's because, and I said this to you guys in our group chat, but I I have been attending a lot of shows this year. And part of it is just because I, I spent 2020, obviously, like most people, doing shit. So mm-hmm. like I, I'm like, I had to make up for lost time. And so I have been in arenas a lot this year. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that going to wrestling shows, especially televised wrestling shows, uh, did at least for me, is it definitely changed my uh, perspective and perception of shows and that I find myself when I'm watching on TV, um, watching them from the perspective of somebody in the crowd. And when you are in a crowd, Watching backstage segments is the worst thing. Oh, it's God. the worst thing you about going. I just, I just thought about House of Horrors match San Jose. Bray uh-huh. Wyatt and Randy Orton <laughs> was the main event. And it was god awful. And we just have to watch it on this screen. Yeah, like, honestly, I could watch things at a screen on a screen at home or go to a theater. But I did not pay to sit here and watch things on a screen. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, that was his. That's one of the Eric Bischoff philosophies that I think he did really, really well his time mm-hmm. at WCW before he decided to try and uh, out WWE, WWE, which ultimately was their downfall. But yes. um, Eric Bischoff was really good about keep as much of the show in the arena as possible. And the reason you want to do that is because you have paying fans. You have paying fans who paid to see stuff in the arena. So play out as much of the show as you can in the ring, uh, because ultimately that is the product that you just sold to these people. Right. Um, the We use the term free TV a lot, but there's no such thing as free TV no. because somebody paid to go to this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody paid upwards of, if you bought floor seats to a SmackDown, I paid $400 for them one time. Mm-hmm. Um, this ain't cheap. This isn't like, uh, it, it is not the, uh, it's it, it, somebody has paid for this show. Right. And so if you watch, this week's SmackDown from that perspective. Whew. The first hour went by with one match. Um, and that match was uh, the, the Corbin and Owens match. <laughs> and uh, you went the whole first hour. All you saw in the first match. hour was Madcap uh, Moss. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm out. I'm out of this show. All you uh, gave me in one hour was Madcap Moss. I'm out of here, WWE. And yeah, so I watched the the opening um, with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, which again, whew, time. 
I <laughs> like I think about this as like, okay, <laughs> what am I getting for my time if I am giving my time to this show? And I know I'm probably in the minority here on this opinion. I hate Roman Reigns' entrance. Oh. The worst entrance in pro wrestling. You are not and, in the minority. Like, okay, so maybe not um, the worst. Before, in pro before the chat comes at me, hey for Roman, it. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't say the worst ever. That was Will. Yeah. So, um, and before the chat comes at me for it, look, it's a decent beat. It really is. It's also just like a 30 second loop. As a matter of fact, the song itself, if you look it up on like Spotify, is literally two minutes and 30 seconds. But when he comes to the ring, Ooh, it takes at boy. least four or five, right? It's just long for being hey, long. Man. They were yes, like, sir. we need an Undertaker at entrance and, now. Give like, it but here's man. the thing about Undertaker or Triple H or Randy Orton. I'll give Randy Orton credit that at least the li- song has lyrics. So, like, at least there's a song playing out as he's making this long, drawn-out entrance. At least Hunter has theatrics and uh, spit and water and all that stuff, the strobe lighting effects, all that. Undertaker's got lightning and smoke and all of that. Roman Reigns is just slow walking to the ring with, uh, and it, that, it drives that me crazy insane. visual statue thing. Um. Yeah, and it, it, it looks like PS2 graphics. This thing. Even look- <laughs> You're not even that guy anymore, Roman. You don't listen, do this. listen, Roman this- fans, we love you. That was Will Washington. That was yes. not Phil Lindsay. <laughs> look, <man. laughs> Uh-oh. Uh oh, we we lost uh, lost Reg for a sec there, uh, which of course then makes the uh, graphics not work. Uh, so uh, there we go. I don't know uh, why it does that after time. It just like, yeah. you're out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so uh, I, it's not to say I don't like Roman. I it's do like Roman, long, actually. Man. It's just a long entrance. And at the end of it, I don't feel like anything was like accomplished. Right. Of like, you know, when you were 12 years old and and you were in the front row at a Raw, and then Hunter spits out water. I'm like, oh, look, he splashed water on me. Like, you know, at least it was something. But this, this is just Roman takes... must pose. This Hogan, he's back. Like, we need Roman to pose, <laughs> and we need a long time for him to pose. I think it's like, honestly, it's like outro music. Roman Reigns is going to be the last guy of the night. They need some one loop to just play for 10 straight minutes while <laughs> chaos is going on in the ring and Roman's posing. So that's yeah. all. Yeah, how can I acknowledge Reigns as my tribal chief if he doesn't take nine minutes to walk <laughs> out to the ring? <laughs> that's a good point, too. You have to acknowledge him for that to like, yeah, I need <laughs> six minutes of them to acknowledge me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, CGI man. Roman, baby. Yeah, hey, CGI Roman, man. Like, with the first time that showed up, uh, I was like, when it was still, it was fine. But when it animates, it looks like. Do you remember? Um, do you remember what was it called? Uh, oh I think it was God. Mortal Kombat: The Journey Begins. It was like a 1995 VHS that had like super early CGI fights, <laughs> um, and they like they looked completely assy. But like, I remember oh like in 1994, I, like in '95 as a kid, I was like, "Whoa, this is the coolest yeah, thing ever! Look good. at this; these are computer graphics." Mm-hmm. It looks like that to me. Like right. it like animates so poorly, and it's just like the and like I said, the mouth like opens like a PS2 game. Um, <laughs> it, it's man, like it don't look like anything that's got. They a use SmackDown shut your mouth uh, graphics to for the yeah. the model. Yeah, and uh, and here's the worst part. The part that feels like they're trolling me, 
and like specifically me because I hate this entrance, is that like Roman will be like halfway down the ramp and then they'll be like, now let's take a look at what happened last week at Extreme Rules. And they'll play this video <laughs> clip, right? And they'll show the clip of Roman and everything that happened with Finn Balor, which by the way, didn't get addressed on this show at all. But uh, they show the clip with Finn Balor and everything that happened there. And then they come back and Roman's maybe moved two feet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's like, no, while yes. you're showing this clip, walk like to the ring. Like, could right. he not be in the ring when we come back? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. We haven't addressed the Finn stuff. Ah, it. Listen, there's not much I can say here. It was bad. Yeah. WWE, stop, stop having your face lose by accident like this. It doesn't protect them. It doesn't, doesn't make them look good. No, nope. don't just don't do it. Just don't mm-hmm. do it. No, just I think he looked. I think he looked silly. I, I, yeah. I don't think he looked good for that. Any but, t- anytime that the internet is gonna shit all over it, like just don't do it, man. It's not gonna be good. Just think uh, about it. That said, uh, he was. Uh, there, there's just more of the bell of the ball thing of uh, of Paul Heyman and uh, this storyline really centering around Paul, uh, and. You know, he makes his way, or uh, Brock Lesnar came out and um, basically destroyed the Usos. And again, there's questions: Did what did Paul Heyman know? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Roman is basically here to protect his family, and Roman also is still a very. Uh, um, oh, and thank you for appreciating my <laughs> the journey begins reference. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I am here. For shit from your childhood that nobody else remembers, that mm-hmm. that is all me. Are you kidding me? Look, look over my shoulder right here. Are you that is a Super Nintendo right here. I have that's my original with all of my classics. I, I went and raided my parents' house one day, and uh, <laughs> I went and grabbed everything. That's also the original Falcon Sword from Power Rangers the movie that I got for my birthday when I turned eight. Eight. Wow. Uh, so I I am here. For the references, um, I'm a big ass kid still. But anyway, <laughs> uh, as far as uh, you know, I, I liked how Roman Reigns like essentially is a disingenuous ass because you know the whole thing that he mentioned of um, if there's one thing I'm here for, it's to protect my family. But like right. he didn't do anything to help out Jimmy no. and Jay. <laughs> <laughs> he no, was no, just he, pointing he did, like, hey, he, did help, he did help out Jay. He was like, no, 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 don't touch Jay. Right, yeah, he uh-huh. did do that. <laughs> Boy, oh, yeah. Jimmy, hanging, that. Yeah. yeah, Jimmy uh, but, <laughs> So I, I did appreciate that. Uh, the draft itself, I don't know about you guys. I don't necessarily care for this format. I know this is the third year in a row that they've done it. Um, in that there's not a whole lot of appeal in drafting guys to the brand they were already on to me. It doesn't Uh, make sense. I feel like every time it happens, uh, there's not like a big shocker. It's like, and SmackDown's number one draft pick, Roman Reigns, where I feel like you could get more out of those moments and less time wasted if it's literally just drafting the people changing brands, which they did right. before back in the, the the 2000s. That's how the draft worked. We really just showed you who's changing brands. Right. You don't necessarily need to repick the entire roster. Um, right. That's I mean, it's like going the to gym. The issue is, is we see everybody on every show all the time. <laughs> no one ca- well, how do, why do I care about a draft when you're just going to forget about it next week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also don't understand the purpose of having both of your authority figures on the same show. So 
what is the purpose of them both coming out to read the draft results when they both are in the same room and they both are basically a part of the same team anyway? Uh, Andre, Roman Reigns is the longest entrance ever, but he gets to the ring, the Knicks will win a championship. <laughs> wow. Hopefully that happens for Knicks fans. I know you guys yeah, seriously. Have, have suffered a lot through misery. Look, man, I'm a Nuggets fan. We don't have any championships. So, uh-huh. like, I, hey. I, I hey, uh, we got the MVP last year. I'll take that. Take that. Take that. Take, take that. Would you have gotten that MVP if a uh, certain guy not gotten hurt? I don't know. I, um, you know. I see a lot of Bron guys do that. That's why I'm throwing it yeah. at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hopefully this year, because I'm going to the Nuggets opener. Uh, that, that is my birthday tradition. That's um, what's up. Because my birthday's in October, speaking of yeah. which, it's coming up in just a couple weeks. But uh, I always go to the Nuggets home opener, and uh, I am hoping that Jamal Murray gets healthy this season. And uh, it's unrealistic for me to expect a championship. But, man, would I love to see a little bit further than, uh, I don't know, we made the Western Conference Finals yeah. last year. So. You guys were right there. You know, they kind of cheated you a little bit, but, you know, it's all right. <laughs> They're Gotta- like, Denver? Denver, no, we gotta get Bron where he wants to yeah, be. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's Bron's year, uh, yep. and so whatever. We'll we'll see how uh, the season shakes out. They're young. There they're will tough. be. They'll they'll come back. Uh, there will be um, joy and misery for me, depending on how the Nuggets do this year on this show. Hey, Just man. know that that's I, I how I a, live. I am a Chicago sports fan. Our entire. Our entire career is 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 high points of joy and long droughts of misery. That's right. just what it is to be a Chicago fan. They're just yeah. like Jordan, nineteen eighty five Bears. I know, yeah, if I could steal one of Maxwell Baumbach's points, he always talks about how people in Chicago, uh, Chicago sports fans, for the last about uh, almost three decades, has just been remember those Bears uh, <laughs> and, and man Jordan. Um, and hey, they uh, I don't I don't follow hockey too much but i'm pretty sure the blackhawks got a win not that long ago or did several wins man respect that dynasty man Look, oh, I yeah, see i'm not in the hockey game yeah i'm not in the hockey i don't i don't watch hockey uh but I, I i i i do recall the blackhawks getting stuff uh so there's that fine uh several wins Right, yeah. Hey, Bulls have a squad right now. Hopefully, you know, I'm not going to say championship or anything <laughs> crazy like that, but I do think we can make a decent push in the playoffs. Hopefully, hopefully. It it's is definitely ha- a squad. Definitely a squad, though. It's hard in basketball to say championship and be taken seriously because, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The NBA is is a league where – you can spot the championship contenders at the beginning of the season. Right. And uh, and you know by the end of the season, you were pretty spot on. Uh, so <laughs> Somebody somewhere sitting somewhere like, I tuned in to watch these guys talk about wrestling. What are they doing <laughs> talking about basketball? Hey, we're going to talk. Look, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But anyway, uh, on the topic of uh, the draft. So, yeah, they split up the New Day again, which, like, logically, I just don't understand. If you were a um a network as as we're told these picks are being made by Fox and by USA Network if you were the USA Network and you knew that 
one pick could not only get you the WWE champion, but the greatest tag team champions of all time. Why, logically, would you not just say, I want the, the new day. It's day. three picks. It's three picks in one, and it gets mm-hmm. me the WWE Championship. Mm-hmm. Logically, why would you not do that? I feel like Booker T has something to do with this because <laughs> he just cannot get over Big E having friends. He's like, take those friends away from Big E. Every time he talks about Big E, he's like, why does he have friends? He needs to get serious. Put on some black. Look, why? Keep the new day together. No. <laughs> Booker T just hate colors. He hates it. Take if he smiles, don't do Stop. don't do nothing. Stop eating pancakes and ice cream. Yeah. Put some black on. Yeah, put some black on. Stop that hip hop music, rapidy rap stuff. Get that Wale stuff out of here. We need serious. You can't have friends. If you're the champion, you gotta be serious. Put a suit on. Look. Why? I don't get why. Can we I mean, beyond that, can we say that Big E was a number one draft pick essentially for uh yeah, yeah for cool. Raw? Yeah, that's pretty dope. I like that. And then yeah. B- Bianca was number two, so Raw was. was giving it up. I worry about the Bianca pick uh, in that SmackDown is in a different position than it was in two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of back in the position it was in in the mid-2000s. And for those who weren't watching back then, um, what I mean by that is for a long time, uh, from about 2010 till 2019, you could roughly say SmackDown and Raw had about the same audience because they were on the same networks. They were they had the same amount of accessibility. If you went to a Raw, you pretty much see the same type of people you would see when you go to SmackDown. But um, before that, Raw was on cable, SmackDown was on network television, and there was a really big disconnect in the audiences. You could truly say that SmackDown had a different audience than Raw mm-hmm. at one point. And that was never more apparent to me than uh, there was a Raw, or a, I went to a Raw and SmackDown back to back in two different cities in 2008. And the Raw I went to had a very different crowd than the SmackDown I went to. Mm-hmm. Um, the SmackDown had a lot more minorities, the SmackDown had a lot more kids. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Raw seemed like a lot more people in like their 20s and things like that. Mm. Two different audiences. And I feel yeah. like that's kind of back just in the sense of you have the audience that pays for cable and an audience that probably does pay for cable. A lot of them do it. A lot of them are just watching network television. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, there are certain people who I personally feel aren't established enough to ping pong them around right now. And you just moved Bianca in the last draft. And I feel like she needs to establish a brand, establish with one mm-hmm. audience for a longer. She kind of felt time. pretty good on SmackDown. I she felt good she on SmackDown, on SmackDown, and I, I worry about moving her essentially off of SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to say starting over, but you're putting her in front of the raw crowd now. Right. And uh, and, and like I said, the, the disconnect in the audience is also apparent because like SmackDown has substantially more viewers than raw right. and it's very clear that there's a different audience for smackdown than there is for Raw. Mm-hmm. um and so i just i worry about that in that i would have liked to have seen her stay a little bit longer on smackdown mm-hmm. uh because there's a lot of questions now such as uh you know for all of the the talk of what happened at SummerSlam with her and becky and the story of well don't worry she'll get it back mm-hmm. i mean yeah it does now like- she's 
drafted away from that belt. So, I mean, it really. kind of is look, looking like Becky's going to be on Raw, maybe with the Charlotte going with the belt to SmackDown. And if they so do the belt swap, still... it's, and like she's she's a challenger for the belt at right. Crown Jewel. Yeah, but what happens if she wins it? Uh, right. What does that do? Like, yeah. I don't know. I just I worry about that, and I feel like it. it uh, um, just as somebody who like cares about the history of things, I yeah. don't. I, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan right. of, of ping-ponging her that way. Um, but apparently the the rumor uh, is that SmackDown uh, and Fox specifically won at Charlotte. Um, I don't know. I'm just – I'm only can, here for I how – I can it, see it. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm just it. here for how it plays out. And yeah. it, it does very much feel like Becky's back. All right, let's get – Let's get Bianca off SmackDown now. Mm-hmm. Like that does what it, it feels like. All right, she's back now. We don't need Bianca on SmackDown anymore, and right. that might not be the case, but that's just how it looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, so I, I wasn't a fan of that pick, uh, especially because I wasn't a fan of trading her last year either. Because right. I, I thought the same thing. Of you did all these vignettes. You did six months of vignettes of her on Raw, and before she did anything following those vignettes, you traded her to SmackDown, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and now you've traded her back. And again, I just don't like the back and forth in the same way that certain people get to to establish themselves on the brands. Um, and the main event, by the way, was Bianca versus Sasha Banks. Uh, what's your opinion, Phil? Because you you gave so a heavy this, sigh. This match was good. I did not like that they essentially made this entire thing about Becky Lynch. Uh, she was just very much overpowering this thing yes. on commentary. Mm-hmm. And I felt like because they built this as the WrestleMania rematch that we didn't get at SummerSlam, we didn't get any of the importance of the rematch. We didn't get any of the, you know, the history of, of the main event and everything. We just basically got the match with uh, Becky Lynch dubbed over it. And yeah. then you finish the match that way. And then we've got Charlotte and Becky standing tall. I hated the ending so much. Come on, dude. I wasn't. Come uh, on, I'll dude. say this: um, the match itself was fine. Uh, yeah, it was good. So, match. Uh, yeah, my I have one issue. I'm, I'm just, and, you know, so... I'm, I'm like genuinely afraid of Sasha stands. So, like, yeah. um, so uh, I, I have one. We love the crew here. Don't yeah. come for us. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. Hey, so I, 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 I will take this myself because I love Sasha Banks. I think she is great. Um, I have just one little gripe with Sasha, and that is that when Sasha is going to have the epic match, as you know when Sasha feels like she's having an epic, and it's when – because I think Sasha is an excellent seller. I think she's one of the best sellers in uh, almost women's wrestling history. Mm. That said – uh I think Sasha somewhat overdoes it on two counts that you recognize were never going to be three counts. Um and that's the you know they they call it the Shawn Michaels face it's, mm-hmm. it comes out of NXT. But um you know she she goes into to crying face mode like attempting a pinfall off a of DDT. Mm-hmm. And it was like but you were never going to win that yeah. with that and um I feel like that almost that takes me out of the match a little bit in ways where um, I felt like they were because that 
worked for me when she did it off of the frog splash she hits the frog splash uh one two kick out and she goes into the crying face emoji and like i thought that um it worked there quite well look Uh, honestly i believe that we shouldn't have been watching this match on tv last night because if you're not (laughs) i think um man sasha stands are real like i don't want i don't want no smoke i don't want any smoke but look check it out i think The importance of that WrestleMania match was so high. We mm-hmm. were all that just like was so important. And for yes. just them to essentially do what they do, book a match to promote another match and use yeah. this super important rematch as that match is dumb. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I don't like the handling of the rematch. I thought they could have gotten to the rematch a lot better than that. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. You could. It made me feel out. though that Sasha's probably staying on SmackDown because, yeah, like the fact that we did it here, I, I felt like. I mean, maybe but they for, felt like they're not going to get another opportunity at I this. I mean, so but for like, two black women to be knocked down and then the two white women standing over them at the end of the show, I like, wasn't. Uh, I wasn't like. I wasn't feeling it. <laughs> was not feeling it, and of course they had to stand with both the championships. I was come like, on, oh, come on, you guys, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? So y'all calm down. The Sasha stands and not acting crazy, but then you look at the the avatar. So. Hey, hey, oh, hey, just... hey, hey, hey. Yo. Hold on a minute, uh, Sasha. Look, Sasha was number one on the BW five hundred last year. I love Sasha Banks, so hey, she's my hey. favorite WWE women's wrestler of all time. Even though she's on some wild shit sometimes. Look, look, look at Reg Coppin, please. Like, I just... <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, look, Sasha stands are like Beyonce stands. They ain't about to be coming yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah. hey, man. again we love sasha banks here i don't want any smoke crew don't come for us that was will will washington at will rbr yes uh <laughs> straight up right yeah straight up. straight up um but uh and that brings us into number one and the reason it makes number one is because honestly the memes um in that <laughs> so the highlight of AEW lots happened on AEW this week uh we we had um Adam Cole and uh and Jungle Boy uh, really put on a banger I tweeted Phenomenal. about um in my tweet about it I said that uh the thing I appreciate most about this and there's a lot of options you have uh but off the top of my head because it's on YouTube um go look up all out 2019 uh and on that show there was a six-man tag it was scu versus jurassic express all three members watch that match Uh, or pick any jungle boy match from 2019 Mm -hmm. uh because the thing you're going to appreciate more than anything else is how much jungle boy has grown as a performer that dude in two years you look at anybody else in two years i have not seen anybody else evolve in two years the way that he has but he just uh comes off so much better as a performer now than he did two years ago and i i i saw the potential two years ago but not the way like so many people in the wrestling business saw it. you asked mm-hmm. uh anybody around and they were like man i want to face jungle boy one day and i was like yeah i saw him a, a lot local because he's from california i saw him in a mm-hmm. lot of local california shows and he was tearing it up it was like inevitable 
Yeah, he was going to be in the position that he's in now for sure. But there was so much good here. There's there's a couple of places where I feel like Jungle Boy is starting to look so much more like a pro's pro in that. Right. Um, so again, uh, and I talked about this when I did uh, Maddie Anderson's podcast not that long ago. Uh, but um, talking about Shawn Michaels' face um when uh so the the biggest culprit of that is adam cole that's his uh, son he, of course yeah, it would yeah be. As, you know he definitely he's definitely the king he is definitely the king of one two this is what my dad yeah you know uh, he is the king of that right mm-hmm. um but i felt like it was used appropriately here when he hit the panama sunrise on um on jungle boy and then you almost forget that his finisher was actually the last shot and he didn't go for that but he went for the pin off of the panama sunrise one two he does the the oh my god i can't believe uh, like it was appropriate there um and then he goes for the last shot and the timing of jungle boy ducking that of like having adam cole coming from behind and uh and just he was so quick, so precise. He ducks it and locks him in the snare trap. Like that whole exchange was so good. Uh, and Adam Cole, of course, wins by cheating. I thought that was good. But honestly, the thing that had people talking was after um, the. Uh, honestly, we'll talk about everything about the match that had people talking because it was the Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus um, Dante Martin and Matt Seidel match, which saw one. Dante Martin, man. You guys. You guys. You guys. Dante <laughs> yeah. Martin. Dante Martin did a springboard, tope con hilo to the ground, landed on his feet. No hands were used at all. This is, this guy. This was the coolest looking thing I've what? seen in my you... life. How? How? So, so <laughs> every time you watch it, I want you to watch that back. Um, and, and thank you, Tyler. Um, but. Uh, I want you to go back and watch that. Uh, watch it and keep watching it. Watch it 50 yes, times yes. if you have to. Because every single time I watch it, I see something else I love about it. Like, first off, the springboard part of it, of just jumping straight from the ring to the top rope. He just No hands. Yeah, no hands. Just jumps from the ring to the top rope to the outside. The amount of height he gets is just insane. Crazy. And then he still successfully does clothesline <laughs> Cody in the process. And again, it's one of those things that it's all happening so fast, you don't even see it. And then lands on his feet. But then the look he has when he lands on his feet of just like, that was nothing. <laughs> you know, everything about it was so clean, so He's smooth. just like, easy. Easy. Yeah. I, I, I love Cody trying to hurry up and run to catch him, and he just still lands on his feet anyway. Like, mm-hmm. no, nah, I don't need your help, Cody. Get yeah, out. no, it would have been, been fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, Reese in the chat says, uh, I almost feel bad for Darius Martin having to play catch up once his injury is healed up. I actually somewhat feel the same way of just like, it'll be fine. No, it'll, he'll be fine. He's in But it, it is kind of a Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy kind of thing of like, he, Dante is getting so much time and getting Ooh. to expose himself. Um, and hey, I think it's great that Christian's with him. So Jungle Boy still feels, uh, doesn't feel comfortable with promos. And I believe Cage can help him with that. It's a good point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do think Dante and Darius, I mean, I, the first time I saw them as a team, I thought, my God, these two are going to be something special. Mm. Um, and I felt really bad with, uh, with Darius getting hurt. And my initial thought was, 
man, like, because it, I, I, I have this WWE mentality where when one half of a tag team gets hurt, that means that the tag team is is gone. You're not going to see them anymore. You know, mm-hmm. that's what happened with the Viking Raiders. That's what happened with FTR. Like, it happens. But I didn't anticipate that all of a sudden this would mean that Dante Martin gets to become a highlight reel. And he is a right. highlight reel. I love it. Well, I, before they came into AEW, they used to work a lot separately. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Darius was in MLW as Airwolf, and Dante was Lucha Angel doing crazy stuff. So, like, it's, uh, I think AEW probably knew that they were also getting two singles wrestlers. So it all worked out. Top yeah. flight, top flight. But yeah, top that's. Flight. This yeah. is just how do you do? I don't. He, his leapfrog is like, how do you do that? How do you jump that high? Yeah, man. Dante season has been one of the best parts of AEW for the last Seriously. few months. And just have to say, the Top Flight theme song is so dope. I yeah, love yes. it. <laughs> it's shout really out good. To the homie I mean, honestly, shout out to the homie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, they they've been kind of killing it with theme songs in general lately. Yeah, uh, and it, it's. Uh, but that was good. But then the thing that had everybody talking. Oh, wait. Before that, Lee Johnson got the victory. Lee, Lee Johnson got the victory, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that helped set up the story for Arn Anderson basically telling Cody, I'm not coaching a loser any longer. But he didn't just tell him he's not coaching a loser any longer. Oh, no. Arn Anderson had to make sure he let Cody know. That he's got that thing on oh. him. And he said that uh, the difference between you and me, Cody, is that uh, if somebody is, uh, if somebody pulls you at a stoplight and says, get out of your car, uh, you just get out the car and let him have it and say, please don't hurt me, just take my car. But me, I pull out the Glock and I spill his brains all over the pavement because I'm Arn Anderson. What? Yeah, <laughs> yo, Arn Anderson is... said he'll pull out the Glock on AEW so... television. The Glock. Yo, so, so two things here. First of all, I love the finish. I just love the visual of of Shadi pulling pulling Cody over and getting mm-hmm. the tag and just taking care of business. Love yep. it. Um, but Arn, man, have you ever watched the Temptations movie? That's how Blue <laughs> got injured, man. He got shot in the enemy. <laughs> You don't have to protect the car. Just let him have no, the car. No, let sir. it go. Bro. It's okay. But you know, I, I live in Oakland, so like if they take just, if they just, want your car, let them have it. Just, just let them have don't the car. Don't do nothing. So, yes. but I, there were two sets of reactions to this. It was like, first of all, it's like, where is this promo going? And then it was like, <laughs> then when he said that, like I know, people that follow me saw this. So, so I was like, wait, did he just say he's got the blick on him? Like, <laughs> right. And then, like, and then he went all the way through with it and got very graphic with it. I was like, yes. So I was there was there, a like, visual he, too. Like he he let it. Like he put it up this, there. This, on Cody's this head. completely stopped the entire show for me. Like even during the next match, I was still looking at the TV. Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and I mean, this spurred all kinds of things. Like Arn being a rap genius. Right. Arn being and you know like the. The the thirty two bit graphics jumping off and doing like the finisher with the guns like ninth wonder <laughs> ninth wonder said he's gonna sample Arn Anderson talking about Yo, the Glock that, ninth wonder that, man that has <laughs> to end up on the Griselda album I'm it saying yeah I'm saying it, it just has to um and so this thing just this took off and became a craze it was probably one of the greatest things of the week oh but, it, this was the best meme of the week easy but I do have to acknowledge 
uh, friend of the show, Lovely, did tweet out something, mm-hmm. and she goes, you know, what MVP or a black wrestler that tweeted that said the same thing on national TV be received the same way? And I feel like MVP has said something like this before. Maybe, <laughs> but I feel like MVP saying "get the strap on TV" would have been kind of crazy. And yeah. I would have loved it, but we but we all three of us know that it wouldn't be the same. It wouldn't have been received the same way by wrestling fandom at large. No. Agreed, for sure. Uh because uh <laughs> and honestly, no, because no, I would say that um honestly, I don't even think black wrestling fandom would have received it the same way. Right. I think that there would have been I agree. I, yeah. I think I agree. some of them would have thought that you know he was told to say that they would yeah they wouldn't have I thought agree. that it was it was natural it would have been something else on it for sure yeah. oh yeah it would have been definitely some people trying to call it you know contrived or like some mm-hmm. stereotypical stuff yeah exactly um, that's where i was going with that and i mean that that goes into certain things that i think about john cena as a wrestler i love john cena but there was a certain period where i definitely resented john cena because i was like a black man wouldn't have been able to get the same gimmick over Mm-mm. and you got it and got all the way to the main event with it. Mm-hmm. And part of me, I felt a little salty about that. You know what, though? I'll give one little thing credit because uh, I was a John Cena guy. And I think a big part of it was that, look, man, John Cena sampled Big L and got it on a WWE product. <laughs> and <laughs> and I can't think of anybody else who could have pulled that off without questions being asked. Right. And... Yeah. And I mean, that's very true. I just hate the idea that black wrestlers cannot get that yes, off on right. the stage. Yeah, and I mean, there are black wrestlers that are getting to do pretty cool stuff. I mean, the fact that Biggie has a Wale theme song is just it's bananas. Crazy. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just the fact that you know, I want us to bring that to wrestling. I don't. Yes. I don't mm-hmm. want to see it from a white wrestler. It's cool that yes. he got to do it, but it would have been cool if a black wrestler got to do that. Right. Um. And then we had the main event, and it was uh, Sammy Guevara versus Miro. Um, uh, when that to the untrained eye came out of nowhere, but like has really been built since that first rampage. They've been uh, building the, up Sammy for a long. And, and time. honestly, like the the story of Miro and Fuego going back, and uh, and him continuing to torment the two of them until it finally led to. Uh, the title change. Sammy is the TNT champion after the match was over. And as you can see, I'm a I'm a belt guy, so uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I I talk a lot about belts sometimes. Um, and uh, Red Leather, uh, the the man behind the pretty much every AEW belt except for the world title, though I think he made the made the current version of it, uh, but it was originally done by Dave Milliken. But anyway, um, so uh, oh yeah, and then Belts by Dan did the uh, the Miro version. <laughs> well, point point being though, Will's like give it up to I, I, all the belt makers. Yeah, no, look, I, I'm a belt guy. Um, <laughs> I, I buy from belt makers. Like right. those aren't WWE shop belts. Um, right. But the uh, so the Sammy's got the black strap belt now. Except they they changed the TNT logo on it. Now Ooh, it's, it's icy. Ooh, yes, right. uh, <laughs> yeah, they they uh, it's basically filled with rhinestones now. Um, so it's almost like a custom Sammy version of the belt now. Uh, so Sammy's the champ. And uh, I did happen to watch Roads to the Top. Um, I do think that, uh, look, <laughs> here's, here's what I'm going to say about Roads to the Top. 
if this show was called AEW All Access, I think people would like it because yes. it is really an all access look at like, like honestly, the most fascinating stuff of the show are the behind the scenes stuff of like uh, because you know it, it really isn't just the the Cody stuff. Now, granted, I thought it. I, I thought as they were showing the build up to Cody cutting the promo, um, I thought it was gonna go somewhere else and it didn't. It didn't. Uh, but you know the fact that you know <laughs> Cody is also an EVP and you know they're showing him talking to Ricky Starks about his injury and then telling Ricky like, "Hey, don't worry, we're gonna keep you around and you are gonna be cutting promos and you're still gonna be on TV for the next three months and don't let this get you down." And like you could see Ricky receiving the news about his neck and like how upset he really was. All that stuff was like great stuff and like the stuff I, I, I wanted to. This stuff I want to see on like an all access kind of program and like right. um, Jade Cargill having to be talked to about slapping uh, Red Velvet too hard. Like that was in, in Red Velvet's like, but look, nobody else is my size and nobody else has my strength. So like people are going to have to deal with like sometimes it's going to come off a little bit harder and Red Velvet's smaller. And she's like, how's Red Velvet ever going to deal with stuff like this? And right. they're like, look, we just want to keep the peace. That stuff was cool. And um, I think. Uh, I think if it were more of that kind of stuff, I mm. think I could get into it way more. Um, because the only stuff I like really liked were the the all access stuff, and also um, I do think Brandy's dealings with the Rhodes family um, and fans in general are actually really fascinating. And seeing it from her perspective, I think gives me new perspective on it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one piece that I was really getting to when I talked about this was. <laughs> During the first break, we get a Sammy Guevara promo where he right. answers the Bobby Fish challenge because that Bobby Fish tweet came out and we're like, what the fuck is Bobby Fish talking about? You don't work with AEW. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it's announced that Bobby Fish is going to be, or Sammy acknowledges the tweet and accepts Bobby Fish's challenge. So all of a sudden, Bobby Fish is going to be competing for the AEW TNT title on Dynamite next week. This was cool. Um, but... There was one little piece creeping in the background that also happened, which was that Scorpio Sky showed up and uh, told Sammy that when he's done with Bobby Fish, he kind of implied that he's coming for the title. And uh, I did find that interesting because it felt mm-hmm. like earlier in the night, I wasn't sure where that promo from Scorpio was going with Dan Lambert and him basically talking about uh, he, he made fun of the Sonic ring and mm-hmm. talked about he hasn't been getting his opportunities. It feels like they're going straight for... Sammy and uh, Scorpio and Scorpio Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't like the Dan Lambert stuff. I'll just go ahead and say that. No. But I do like um, the way they're positioning Scorpio. I did like everything he said this week because there was a lot of truth to it. Him saying that you know he was the he was the first out of the initial elite signees that won a championship, and people yep. don't give him that credit. Nope. Um, the the run that he was on in that first year, I still think was fantastic, and a lot of people don't talk about that when they talk about their diversity talks um and i feel like he just doesn't get enough credit in general so i enjoyed all that stuff i enjoyed Mm -hmm. his tweets i've enjoyed everything they're doing with scorpio if this is a way to push him into the title picture i'm all for it right yeah yeah yeah. and i I could see them honestly uh trading trading off in uh and also in the chat it says how can y'all forget ethan page saying he has the tightest tits in the game mm, we're trying to just like, <laughs> love it, love eagles yeah i'm over that I'll, no i mean i i honestly i feel like um ego honestly gets 
he had my biggest win of the week here in pro wrestling. Um, I think he honestly got, uh, when you talk about big wins people pulled off all week long, he was up against the what chant. And he mm. knocked that shit down. He completely <laughs> destroyed the what chant. He, they were, everybody around was, uh, they were whatting the promo. And Dan Lambert was getting what. Uh, Scorpio Sky was getting what. And Ethan Page started it. But Ethan Page shut that shit down. The Biggest worst. win of the week to me was Ethan Page Yo, against the what chant. Yo, if you do what chance, stop it. Stop yes. doing what chance. Never do it again. <laughs> Don't ever it do sucks. a what chant again. It's the worst chant in the history of chants. Stop it. Leave it at home. Don't do it. Stone Cold doesn't like it. I don't like it. No one likes it. We all hate it. Stop with the what chant. That's my rant for the day. The what chant is the worst. We almost, uh, I talked about him a little bit earlier. Leo Rush is now an AW, and even better than that, he's a scammer. Let's talk about Leo. Big, Leo Rush. <laughs> big damn energy. I loved it. Uh, feel the rush. I loved it. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. glad that Leo's back. Um, and he's I scamming. Love, I love Don't forget the, that. <laughs> I love to see that they're planning that he's running a scam on the same on the same show where Matt Hardy has been running a scam for over a year, right. and that puts him right in conflict with him. Yep. And boy, if this means that we're getting oh, private party leaving man. and going oh, and teaming with Leo, Phil. give it to me. Give, I want honestly, it. like Phil. with the talk of trios right now, that oh, would be the ultimate God. trio to me. I, you just blew my mind. I didn't even think about that. Oh my! I God, mean, that if you look beautiful. at it, everything like if he looks at it and he's like, "This is oh, this is what yes. you get paid with that guy." Come with me. I can help you out. Look at it. Look at yes. it. That would be hard. That would be, be dope. Then um, uh, Leo and Private Party against Young Bucks and Adam Cole. <laughs> and uh, I guess final point. Uh, Rampage saw Brian Danielson versus uh, Nick Jackson. Brian Danielson was Brian Danielson like you, <laughs> like you I, remember, boy. <laughs> I, I feel like... There's been such a contrast with Brian that if you're not paying attention, you may not notice it. But go back yeah. and watch Brian's last promo against Roman Reigns uh, before he left uh, with, with Cesaro in the ring. And watch Brian today. Look, Brian, all-time favorite wrestler. I'm literally staring right above my monitor of uh, a drawing I got signed of Brian da or Daniel Bryan um, right here i'll point it out sometime or pull it off the wall one day but uh all-time favorite wrestler love brian it is amazing though how you can get brian in a different environment and completely change the way he's portrayed mm -hmm. because brian danielson is portrayed in such a simple way and that is that he is a guy who kicks ass He's a guy who uh, knows he's good, and he is a guy who just fucking wants to fight. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's all he's ever needed to be. Right. Uh, you don't hear the word underdog used. You don't hear his size mm -hmm. reference. Nope. None of that, which has yeah. me encouraged, by the way, for Leo Rush. Because, like, yeah. knowing that, uh, that Leo is in an environment where none of that will be mentioned, like, 
honestly, Brian just to me right now comes off as everything I've wanted to see Brian Danielson be, which mm-hmm. is just a guy who wins and a guy who kicks ass. He and thinks like, he's the best in the locker room and he says it and he shows it. That's and he it. shows it. Yeah. <laughs> and like when Nick Jackson was hitting him with those kicks and he just stiffens up his chest and uh, and Nick is just trying to continue with the kicks and Brian's just again we've never seen brian with that toughness on a national scale and seeing it here so good brian danielson still my favorite wrestler and uh do you know i i love it i Uh, love it my favorite part of uh rampage though was the little cm punk promo because he yes. put my guy Will Hobbs over yes, he so did. hard. He oh put, my God, so hard. You guys the way that? that he put it, that he talked about him just having, having survived Will Hobbs because mm-hmm. Will Hobbs made a mistake. Um, which, that's not the first time that's been done. There's been right. some really smooth protection with Will Hobbs. because has. Um, Christian Cage was the same way. Where Christian same Cage, uh, it, When Christian Cage beat Will Hobbs, it was a case of uh, Hobbs had him beat. Hobbs made a rookie mistake. Mm-hmm. Christian capitalized being the veteran. It wasn't a story of Christian being better. It was the story of Christian just having more experience. Right. And that, CM Punk told that story. And the same story. story. And so the story of perfectly. the more experience Hobbs gets, the more dangerous he becomes. Mm-hmm. That's a great story to tell. Uh, and and then also there was the three-way um, to talk about also. Oh, yeah. Jade Cargill too, got yeah. a big win over mm-hmm. Thunder Rosa and... Um, and Nyla Rose yeah. in a no disqualification triple threat match. I guess any triple threat match is no disqualification because who do you disqualify? Um, but uh, we saw no disqualification type spots. We saw the table spot. We saw the chair. Um, that was ultimately meant to protect uh, Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa obviously has big things on the horizon. But Jade Cargill can't lose. Right. Uh, and she can't. And that's why when those rumors came out of the TBS title, I was like, I think this is a belt for Jade Cargill. <laughs> yeah, think... and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't this make her number the one? Number on the number one contender, yeah. And so... like a, a lot of the rampages, this is the second or third rampage that is like the Jade Cargill show. Wouldn't she like, she wrestled Red Velvet in one of them? Like they're building up rampage, it feels like, to be. Well, no, show. it was uh, Kira Hogan. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kira yeah, Hogan. It was a, it was a squash match on yeah, yeah. The, uh, uh, the at Punk uh, Punk's debut. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, she's she's being set up. Yeah, I feel like they're. I feel like the TBS title is is probably for her because my theory on that is, um, Britt's still the champion. Britt's still in the middle of her run. Doesn't feel like Britt's time is over, but it also doesn't feel like it's time to beat Jade Cargill. And unless you have Jade Car, like there's no way to have Jade Cargill beat um, uh, Leo Rush. Uh, Leo Rush, sorry. Uh, beat. Uh, <laughs> uh, sorry, my son walked in the room and all of a sudden uh, I got. I got. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, so <laughs> apparently my dog. Apparently my dogs got out. Oh um, no! So, uh, uh, he seems really upset about that. So mm-hmm. we're gonna have to wrap up here shortly. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, I forgot where I was going with this because my dogs got out the house. Yeah, folks. <laughs> oh no! Uh, Damn. So. Jay Cargill, the TBS title. Yeah. I just feel like uh, if you're going to keep her on a win streak, mm-hmm. um, at some point, I feel like giving her a Miro type run with right. that kind of a belt will help. Yeah, um, definitely. 
So yeah, uh, thank you, Joey AM. Uh, Parenting one hundred and one, just point with a mean <laughs> face. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Jade probably gets beat by Rosa in a singles, and you uh, tell the inexperienced story there also. I mean, yeah. that's that's an option. That could work. That's an option. I just. Yeah. I, I think it's a little soon for her to lose, though. I don't. Yeah, think I do think so too. Just yet, How and that's why I think uh, giving her a title uh, and and making the TBS title the Who Can Conquer Jade Cargill belt, I think, will ultimately create a really big moment when somebody can finally conquer her. Uh, but you're not necessarily ending Brit's run because Brit is only... I'm going to be a little bit candid here. The only issue with this whole thing about Jade Cargill is she's still super new and she's not going to be able to carry a bunch of matches as the champion. She's not. I love Jade Cargill, but it's going to be it's going to be rough and is every match just going to be her a squash match? Eventually you have to get something off of her. She can't just be Goldberg because we don't want that. There has to be some there has to be something. She can't just be she can't just dominate the whole roster then who's who's the one, you know? So like right. I'm interested um, to see how they kind of go I, move forward, you know? That's what I hate about when they I, I, I really just don't like undefeated undefeated streaks because you just run into like this problem. I don't like when they build up Ryback type squash of like they came in and they squashed for three months and then they, then someone beats them and then their their whole thing is unbelievable. You know, their whole thing is is messed up. So it's I, tough. It's tough booking. I, I agree. I think that there's stuff they can do with it. I think building her up as champion and continuing this winning streak until Red Velvet is the one to topple her. I think that's the story. They're building the story kind of with the rose to the top thing. Like, yeah, I, I, I feel like that's the story to tell. Right. Um, if they do that, I think that's great. I definitely think Red is a future champion. Red she's Velvet been, is incredible. Yeah, she's yeah. been very impressive this year. So I think that's possibly the story they're going with. But hey, extra long edition here because we were getting started. You had to get to know us. Yes. right? But thank you for joining us here on City. I had fun. Um, and... Uh, leave us feedback. Let us know what you thought of the show. Let us know what you want to hear more of on the show. Um, we've got an intro in the works, uh, yes. and I'm really excited for it. Uh, I the the beat is so smooth. Um, and who rapped on it? Who rapped on it? Who rapped on it? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I guess you'll have to wait and find out. Uh, yeah, but hey, thank you for coming and supporting this. I, you know, I think all three of us think that you know representation in wrestling media is important, mm-hmm. and you know, I don't want to make this into us. You know, we are the podcast to listen to. These are the black guys at this site to listen to. Um, I don't ever want that to be the thing. Never. NWA is doing some great stuff at Post. You know, Black Black Announce Table, uh, Black Wrestling. Uh, guys over at uh, at a Public Enemy Podcast. There are a ton of, of guys to listen to. And I think sometimes we get in this mode where because hates you see me. one of us, everything hates me here. Yeah, we're okay. <laughs> but yeah, so I think because you see this this thing where one of us shows up on a podcast with a bunch of other people, and there's the black guy on that podcast, then <laughs> it gets kind of tokenized. And so I don't want anybody to think that we are the authority on anything or that we're the monolith and you have to believe our opinions. Nope. We're just three guys that like wrestling just and we're fools. talking graps. And, you know, yeah. you can agree with us. You don't have to agree with us. But come on a journey with us. It's going to be a great journey, you guys. We're going to talk a lot about 
black representation in wrestling, black wrestlers. But really, we're just going to talk about pro wrestling, man. Will said it. His favorite wrestler of all time is Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson's in my top five of all time. The Young Bucks are my favorite tag team of all time. It's not all just black wrestling, man. I sure love pro wrestling. <laughs> Hold on, <laughs> man. <laughs> But I'm saying I've watched wrestling for 30 years, man. We just really love this. That's really what it's all about. That's why we came together to create this podcast. And just we appreciate y'all. Shout out to Chris uh, and Rob and uh, just everybody in the chat. Uh, Tammy says, enjoy the show. Please go find the dogs. <laughs> Thanks, Tammy. Uh, Stressful out here. I'm not the only adult in this house. So it, it, it's not <laughs> like there's there's a huge amount of panic going on right now. Uh, <laughs> So I am going to go hunt down my dogs um, since they've apparently escaped in the time of this podcast. So um, everybody, peace, peace, yeah. yes, thank you for being a part of this. Thank you for being a part of the first episode of Grapsity. I'm Will Washington. Uh, he is Phil Lindsay. I will get used to pointing in the right direction um, here shortly because he is righteous. Here. He is righteous Reg, and we will see you next time. Have a great day. Peace. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.